0: Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We have been doing a series on spiritual warfare. I was wondering if I should do something different today, but because of the topic that we're dealing with at the moment, which is peace, I thought we could all do with some today. Amen? And begin the new year with peace. And this is the kind of peace that is God's peace. Let me begin by reading in Ephesians chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is writing and he says, Stand therefore... Now can I just say, if he says stand therefore, means that not everybody stands therefore. Right. Amen. There's a lot of Christians that are not standing today. So again he says here, stand therefore having, and remember again this is past tense, girded your waist with truth. So you already need to have this on you. Remember this is your belt of truth. The first piece of armor that you put on is your belt because it keeps everything in place. That's right. And truth needs to gird you. It needs to be the thing that is the strongest in your life. Because lies, deception, is what takes away from your foundations, takes away from your strength. There's a lot of stuff that's being preached today that is not truth. And it sounds right, but it's not right. Can I say this to you? Let me just say this. Whatever you are encouraged to believe you will believe. One of the greatest fights at the moment is bring in things that sound godly, that are not godly, that undermine your strength and undermine your confidence, all in the name of God. And at the end, you don't expect anything from God. And Jesus said, it is faith that will move the mountain. Not doubt, not unbelief, not questioning. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? If we begin to identify this, if we don't understand that it is faith that will do the impossible in our life, that will allow God to come and do what He wants to do, what He needs to do, what He desires to do, if we don't, that's why it says, without faith it is impossible to please God. My question is, what are we having faith in? That God is a good God or a bad God? Let's just go to Hebrews, because I want to show you something, and I want you to see it in your Bible. I want you to notice in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. People keep preaching that if you come to God, he's going to test you, try you, take everything away from you and see if you still love him. Jesus said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. If we don't expect that, we'll never get that. If we don't expect it in our lives, then how can we ever distribute it out to other people's lives? People are looking for life. God is life. Do you know there's no darkness in Him at all? Let me say that again. There is no darkness in God at all. Do you know a dark thought is a bad thought? Absolutely. <laughs> okay? A can't thought is a dark thought. A God's going to take that away from you is a dark thought. Because God so loved, He didn't take, He gave. We love to preach that, but we never follow through on it. We say God so loved the world that He gave. And as soon as you come into His kingdom, He'll take everything away from you. When did that happen? Jesus came and said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Then He turned around to His disciples and said, you know all the stuff I've been doing? And they're going, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Raising the dead, walking on water, all of those amazing things. And He said, can I tell you something? You're going to do greater works than these. I can just see all the little mouths dropped. We can't even do your stuff. What do you mean greater stuff? And he's still waiting. Amen? Now, that's not my message today. So let's get back to my message. If you don't have peace, none of this will work. One of the most powerful things that you possess is peace. Because it centers you and it allows you to hear God. And it allows you to put everything back into the right perspective. And it allows you to tell when something is sounding like God, but it isn't God. And it also lets you know when there are things you want to do that you're trying to convince yourself that God's telling you to do, that it's not God, it's you. (laughs) Amen. You know, sometimes we just say, no, God, I'm sure you don't mind. It's a good thing. I'm sure you don't mind me doing this. Good things can get derailed and cause problems. Amen. I can give you biblical examples, but I don't have time today. Let me give you one. Very quickly, Abraham. You know he interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah, and you know Lot and his family, because he knew they were there. They shouldn't have been there. They were very naughty. I'm just saying. You know, you know. There's anywhere else you could go. How come you go anyway? But you know, people are people. Hello. But isn't it interesting, because of what Abraham did, those angels got Lot and his family out, and it was such a problem later on, two nations came out of Lot's family, Ammon and Moab. I mean, it was just a problem. We need to be careful what we decide is a good thing. There are God things, and there are good things, and we need to decipher between them. Amen? And generally, a good thing is a God thing, generally. Generally. Okay? And don't stop doing good things, please. Don't go and say, Pastor say, don't do anything good because it might not be God. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> right? We do what is good, but like I said, you need to pray and you need to find out from God, is this you? There are some good things that we do that we need to be careful because they have consequences later on that we can't see. And it was good right now, but if you could see all the way into the future, you'd go, oh, that was not a right thing to do. It was good for the moment, but it wasn't good for the future. That's why we have to be careful. To everything that we do in our life, we need to check with God first. Amen. So notice again, he says here, Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, I won't go through all this again, but remember, you need to have... Righteousness as a breastplate. It covers your heart. It covers all your vital organs. It is something that the enemy will always attack. He'll always come at you with, Yeah, but you did this and you're not that perfect and everything else. Can I just say this? He's not perfect. Your righteousness is God's righteousness. You know, if ever He reminds you of something you did wrong, you know what to do, right? Don't stand there and go, Oh no, I did that wrong. You know, you're right. I'm not that good. Can you don't do that? You never do that with your enemy. You just say, one moment please. <laughs> Turn around and go, oh God, I'm so sorry. I messed up. I forgot about that. First John 1.9. If you confess, if you acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So you become totally righteous again. So you thank the devil for reminding you of that. Get rid of it. Turn back around. Righteousness is back on you. And okay, go, now what were you saying? Oh, he'll get out of there very quickly. Amen. You know why? Because God said, their righteousness is of me. And it better be his righteousness, you're depending on, not your own. Please don't think you deserve stuff because you were good. You be good because you're going to heaven, because you're saved, because you're God's kid, and you don't want to be a bad advertisement for him. That's why you be good. Not to butter him up. (laughs) Are you getting this? Your righteousness is of him. It's his righteousness. Whenever the devil comes at you, he's coming against God when he comes at you. You need to understand that this armor is God's armor. It's not yours. It doesn't have your name on it. It has God written on it. (laughs) Do you understand? It doesn't have any weakness to it. Every time you mess up, you turn around. The blood covers it. It says, paid, end of story, what else? (laughs) And the devil goes, yeah, okay, see you later. And it should be that quick. And if he hangs around, uh, we'll get to the sword of the spirit soon. So notice again, he says, verse 15, And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's a gospel of peace. Not contention, not guilt. You know, we have to be so careful. Romans chapter 10 verse 15 parallels this verse. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. Glad tidings of good things. You know why it needs to be glad tidings of good things? Because that's where your faith will go. If it's sad tidings of bad things, then your faith will go there. Do we want to have Jesus' faith, or do we want to have Job faith? Okay, when Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believe it. And that included Job, who said, my worst fear has come upon me. The thing I feared most greatly, hello, you are believing in the wrong direction. We have to stop doing that. Amen? That's the reason why our message needs to be peaceful. Peace. You're going to find out today how strong peace is is. It's not passive, it is a strength. This peace needs to be something that you could almost pray over someone and cast out anxiety and stress and all kinds of things that's destroying a person's body and put this peace that passes all understanding, which means there's no reason for it. It just comes on you and it settles you. It's like getting a drug. You know, whether you like it or not, Woo! hello. You know, you can't control that stuff. Once you put it in there, it's going to work. Amen. That's the kind of peace we're talking about here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19, we looked at this scripture as well before. It says, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Notice, He wasn't mad at the world. He was reconciling the world, which is the reason why we preach glad tidings and good things. Because God was reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sin against them. This is the wonderful message He has given us to tell others. Does that mean that we're not going to suffer loss and, and, and we're not going to have problems? Of course we're going to have those, because there is a thief in the earth who comes to steal kill and destroy that's the reason why jesus says you do this in my name and if you really look at what he's saying at the end of the day he's saying you be me down here things get out of hand you put them back in the line as i said to you before are we there yet no we're getting there but we need to get there we can't make excuses for where we are and stay there if a kid did that in school, we beat it. <laughs> no, we wouldn't. But, you know, <laughs> we'd encourage it along. You know, we'd just say, no, you can't say that, sweetheart. You know, some kids will just go, I just can't do this. Do we say, I know what that's like. I'm doing it all my life. Don't worry, we'll both stay in the second grade for the rest of our life. <laughs> you don't do that. You say, come on, man, get back in there. You need to progress. You need to move on. Why do we excuse ourselves in faith, in God, when we hit a snag? Can we stop doing stuff like that? We don't expect it of our kids, but it's okay for us. No, God's not okay with that. But he loves me for who I am. Yeah, but he has a plan for you, and he made you perfect, and he needs you to get there now. You might have started imperfect, but the end is perfection. That's why we renew our mind and we become transformed. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do you understand transformation? It's the same word that was used when Jesus just started to glow on that mountain. And he became as bright as the sun. That's transformation. That's glory. That's the glorious church that he is waiting for. Amen. We're not going to get there while we make excuses but we need to get there. And you know, sometimes it gets frustrating because you want to be there now. Because there are some things that we want to do right now. But don't stop. Just because you're not there yet, don't stop. Keep at it. Let me read a quote before we move on. Arkent Hughes, I read this to you before. He says, Those who first have peace with God, and then the resulting peace of God girding their feet are powerful soldiers in the spiritual battle. No matter what the enemy throws at them, no matter what move the enemy makes, they hold their ground. When you have peace with God, then you will also have the peace of God. That is a powerful thing and it needs to be in your life and it needs to be one of the things that anchors your life. So that regardless of what storm comes your way, your anchor is peace. That's when you can be still and know that He is God. When you stand still, when you go, okay, you know what? Regardless, you are God. Now what are we going to do about this? That's not a surrender. That's a call to arms. Can we be careful what all we're surrendering? We're too busy surrendering and not doing any fighting. This whole chapter is about armor. Everybody's surrendering, surrendering, surrendering. Nobody's fighting anymore. Have you noticed that? You go to a meeting, oh surrender, oh yeah we're surrendering, we surrender. To what? What are, you, what are you going to do after you surrender? Nothing, because we surrendered. Listen to me sweetheart, you surrender stuff that's bad, but you still have a good fight to still fight. Amen? You know the apostle Paul, I think Timothy was surrendering too much probably, he said, fight the good fight of faith, dude, but it's wrong with you. <laughs> I'm just okay Timothy probably was good all right? I'm just playing with him a bit but you understand what I'm saying there is a fight it is a good fight and somebody said the good fight is one you win it's no good when you lose amen that's why the apostle Paul says we are more than conquerors that's why the apostle John says we are overcomers these people knew what they were talking about and they understood that we are to engage the enemy and we are to win We might go down once or twice, but we don't ever stay down. Amen? Amen. 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 I like Luke chapter 2, verse 14. It says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. This was the announcement that the angel made. Notice, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. We don't have any more problems with God. There is peace toward us, and in Jesus it came. That's the reason why He was going to leave His peace with us. I'm going to move forward. How much time do I have left? The word shod in the Greek reversed, to binding something very tightly on the bottom of one's foot. Meaning that this gospel of peace was not to be a loosely fitting shoe, but one that is fastened to our foot extremely tightly. And the word preparation conveys the idea of solidity, firmness, or a solid foundation. Meaning that in a spiritual battle, we need to be able to dig in and hold our ground. Whether it's to do with people opposing the gospel, or demonic pressure to give up preaching the gospel of peace. Regardless of what's going on, we are to dig in with this peace. It's a peace that doesn't put up with garbage. It's a peace that regardless of what's coming your way, it stands firm. So regardless of what's attacking you, this peace says no. And like I said to you, the only way you can do this is to know that God is at peace with you and you are at peace with God. That the being that created all things is on your side. And He is in you. So you have God on the outside and on the inside. Regardless of the opposition, this armor is more than able to carry us through to victory. As long as we don't give up on God. Ark and Hughes says again, the solid awareness that one is reconciled to God is joyfully sublime. Knowing that one's sins are forgiven and forgotten through Christ Jesus is the grandest knowledge one can have. When our feet are shod and planted in this peace, we can stand firm against the greatest assaults of the enemy. We need to know, because we have been forgiven. See, this is one of the things that the enemy keeps using against us. He'll keep bringing up sins of the past he'll keep bringing up things that we did in the past can i just say this the person that caused you to sin is the one that reminds you of that sin don't let him win that battle it's a game he plays and if we're dumb and we miss that then we'll stay in that how dare he first tempt you you know he starts out by saying nobody's gonna know don't worry nobody will see just do whatever you have to do And as soon as you do it, he gets the loudspeaker and says, He sinned! Look, he sinned! He sinned! He sinned! Won't tell anybody that he was the one that caused that person to sin. No, 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 no. We'll just point at the person who sinned. Jesus didn't play that game. Remember the woman caught in adultery? (laughs) That was the game. That's why he turned around and said, I have one thing to say. You're all ready to stone this woman? Okay. Uh, By the way, where's the man? Because you can't have adultery by yourself. Anyway, let's forget about that for a minute because that's all messed up to begin with. (laughs) So he turns around and he says, you know what? And isn't it interesting, it's adultery that he did this with. How many people in the body of Christ has fallen with adultery and the body never forgives them? Anyway, back to this. He turns around and he says, you know, anyone that is without sin, be the first to cast a stone. Go on, go for it. He was the only one qualified to do it. He said, I'm not doing it. Who's perfect? Go for it. Now he stooped down and started writing stuff. And I can only imagine what he started writing. Anyway, probably the guy that was about to throw the stone probably wrote somebody down, somebody's name down there. He goes, oh, he knows about my affair. Okay, I'm going. See you later. God knows. He always sees into the hearts of people. Amen. In fact, the Bible said that he knew what was in man. He knows. Amen. I'm moving on. Alright, just to understand what kind of peace we're talking about. The Greek word literally means, listen to this, peace that prevails or a conquering peace. It's a peace that prevails, it's a conquering peace. Why do we need to have a conquering peace? Because there's all these other things that are coming and trying to conquer our life and conquer us. And if we are to be more than conquerors, then we need this peace to overcome that. And we need to allow this peace to flow out of us and allow it to be strong in us. Sometimes it is a battle to drive out all of the demonic oppression and all the stuff that the devil does to a person or in a situation. It takes God and it takes this armor to push it back, overcome it and defeat it once and for all. See, the world can counsel a soul... But God restores a soul. Mm. That's the reason why we need to be there to restore souls. I'll counsel people, and I'll talk to people. But even in my counseling, it needs to be based in God, and it needs to be everything that God has said. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? So be careful that you don't learn techniques and stuff, and then use it, because the world can only go so far. The real strength lies in what is beyond that. Somewhere beyond that is God. That's where the real strength is. And that's what you are needed to do. That's where you step in. That's where you can bring the peace of God into people's life. Like nobody else can bring it. Okay. (laughs) It refers to a peace that is so powerful. That it will literally conquer all the chaos in your life. And replace it with a supernatural peace that passes all understanding. That's what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Now watch what precedes verse 7. Verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. you have a problem? Go to God. That's the short version. (laughs) Okay. Don't stand there and rehearse the problem and call everybody up and call your financial broker. Go to God. Go there first, okay? Because He can see the future. You want his advice first. So notice he says, don't be anxious about anything. And that's not, that's not a silliness like you don't know what's going on. He says, no, you do know what's going on, but don't be anxious because you're taking it to God. Prayer, petition, thanksgiving. Do you know why you're thanksgiving? Because you know he's going to fix it. You can't give thanks if you don't think he's going to fix it. Most people that pray and petition, they never give thanks if they know where it's going to land. God might be in a bad mood today. <laughs> he might just say no. Sheesh. All of his promises are yes and amen. We need to, we need to get past this family. Amen. <laughs> but notice verse 7. And then, you can't preach verse 7 without verse 6. Please don't do that. When you do this, when you give it to him, when you expect a good result, then the peace of God. Which transcends all understanding, which means when everybody says you shouldn't be happy, you shouldn't be peaceful, you just just say hush little child, hush. (laughs) Okay, Because this peace is coming from a knowledge that God's looking after everything. So it goes beyond logic, it goes beyond what everybody else is looking at and freaking out over. It's a knowledge that says God's bigger than all of that, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ. Isn't it interesting? It does two things. It guards your heart and your mind. Your heart, which is your power center, if you don't doubt in your heart but believe, then mountains move. So, it needs to guard your heart because that's where the power needs to come from to change the circumstance. But it also guards your mind because that's where all the doubts come from. Yeah, but what if? Shh, no what ifs in this one. This will work. Don't ever say, I hope this works. You can't do this with, I hope it works. Yes, you need to have a hope, but then you need to have faith the thing is going to work. So, you need to push through. Just say, Here's my hope, here's my faith. This will work. And God, if it doesn't work, I'll be talking to you face to face before the day is out. Because I'll be with you. You don't want me in your face right now. Can I say this? <laughs> He's looking to help you be successful. Do you know why? Because Jesus died and paid a price so that you could be successful in every endeavor. So that he could take that and rub it in the devil's face and say, see, I told you. They'd get it. It took two thousand years, but they got it. (laughs) Okay, it's been a long time, you know. (laughs) Give God something to be proud of. Amen. All right, it was this peace that Jesus had that allowed him to stay asleep on a boat that was sinking, and everybody was freaking out. And he was—he knew God's not going to take him in the middle and sink his boat. Do you know that? What do you do when people are screaming around you and going, Oh, it's going to fail. We're going to die. It's not going to work. What do you do? Join the crowd? Or turn around and say, Peace, be still. Some days you need to do that with the crowd. (laughs) Calm down, man. What's wrong with you? You Just they need to be peaceful and stay still. Because when you're running around, you're in the devil's territory. Did you hear me? You're not doing yourself any favors. You're just giving him total access to you now. And you'll do something dumb that I will promise you, later on, on reflection, you go, that was really dumb. Yes, we all know. We saw. (laughs) It's on YouTube. (laughs) These days, man, you know, you do something wrong, everybody knows about it. Sheesh. (laughs) Uh, It is a peace from above, and therefore rises above the difficulties around it. This kind of peace is from above. It has the potential and the power to rise above all these difficulties that you're facing. That's why I said it's a conquering peace. It's a powerful peace. It's something so incredible that people can't comprehend it. It passes understanding. It goes beyond people's logic and ability to say, Oh, I know why you're like this. They can't even figure it out. All they can say is, why are you like this? There's your opportunity. Amen. Let me tell you about where my peace comes from. His name is Jesus. Amen. You're religious? No, I'm peaceful. <laughs> Calm down. You want this or not? Let me talk to you. All right. Anyway, uh, we, we're going to have to leave it here. We'll pick this up next week. I'm sorry. I I was hoping we'd finish this today. (laughs) I don't want to rush through this because I think this is really important. And I want you to get this. And I want it to be a part of your life. A very powerful part of your life. Amen. Amen. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.